Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Here we are again, last week of 2020. Um, You gotta love it. You gotta love it. And a thing that we also love is Mm -hmm. to shout out our patrons. Final patrons of 2020. Wow. Wow. Pretty great. great. (laughs) And I'm so thrilled that before this year came to a close, we got in one more champion for actors' rights. Uh, And that is Jake Jensen. Um, Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. We love you, Jake. We love you, Jake. And not just because you are brother to our own (laughs) Joel Jensen. We would have loved you anyway, but we love you even more. Um, and then next up, we have our folks that are sailing right on into 2021. Oh, yes, Henley. <laughs> yes. The Vessel Heads. We just got one this week. It is Hannah Wandersee. So welcome, Hannah. We are so happy to have you. Thank you so much for supporting us. We love you forever love unconditionally you. starting now. Yes. Uh, yes. And welcome to this episode. Welcome to this episode, everybody. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> this is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. And I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. And listeners. We're missing missing our dear, dear Sammy. (sighs) We're missing Sammy. We hate to do it to you again. We hate it. She hates it. She misses you. Mm -hmm. Our girl's just working so dang hard. Mm-hmm. She's working so hard, and it, and we'll get her back soon. Yeah, she wanted us to tell you guys that she loved you, and she misses you, and she can't wait to be back. And um, we're just gonna do it without her, you know. We're, we're gonna, gonna get through it. We're Please don't turn it off. Please don't turn it off. Please, please. But before we, you know, before we get into that freaking movie, um, Henley, what's up? What's up with you? Well, it's the final week of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Not to be cliche, but I am excited for 2020 to be over. Yes. Um, I've been um, on a little break from work, which has been really, really nice to have some downtime. And I actually rediscovered a book that I loved when I was a little kid and I haven't read it in so long. Um, my aunt gave it to my aunt. Oh, God. <laughs> Aunt. Aunt, aunt. You know, it's all the same. Um, She gave it to me when I was 10 years old, and I read it, and then, and now rereading it's a completely different experience, Um, The Phantom Tollbooth. Have you read The Phantom Tollbooth I haven't, but I have heard heard of this. This is like a famous book from our 
childhoods. It's probably it's older than that, isn't it? Or no? Yeah, it is older than that. I'm not sure exactly when it was written. Um, it I, sounds fun. It yes, and it is older, and um, it's by a guy named Norton Jester, and it's about a. 10 year old boy who is totally disenchanted with life thinks life is super boring is never entertained by anything God, imagine feeling that way at 10 I you're know. doomed he's, he's so jaded he doesn't care about anything he thinks everything's meaningless he's kind of like whatever and basically has this magical experience um where he enters a different world and discovers how life is like amazing and interesting and fun and it. it's so fun to read as an adult. If you guys, if anyone hasn't read it or if you read it as a kid and you haven't read it in a while, I highly recommend revisiting it. I'm having such a good time rereading it. Oh, that is it. so fun. It's so fun. And it works as a kid's book, but it really works as a, a book for adults too. And I think it's kind of appropriate after kind of like trying to you know disengage from being in quarantine like quarantine Mm. is like it's it makes the world feel kind of flat and boring Mm -hmm. and we're not you know out there experiencing new things and being excited by things and this book like I was like oh my god I'm totally uh relating to Milo the main character um Mm. it's really fun so I highly suggest it How fun. I love that. That makes me want to like revisit some books I mm-hmm. liked as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from Harry Potter, which I revisit far too often. Oh, um, me too. All the time. <laughs> um, what about you? How was your week? Well, first I want to ask Henley, what's it like being 31? Does it feel oh different? <laughs> yes. I feel <laughs> so much closer to 40. It's terrifying. Henley! Um, it was really nice to get everyone's birthday wishes. It made me so, so, so happy. That was so nice. Um, you know, birthdays are a little like lackluster this year, I gotta say. Mm -hmm. So it was really fun to, to get to interact with some people over Instagram. We were wishing me happy birthday. It was so nice. Um, being 31, what a drag. Who cares about being 31? (laughs) What a lame age. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh boy! Well, if it's any consolation, you'll blink and be fucking thirty-two. I know that's Honestly, how it goes. <laughs> something about being thirty-two feels better about being thirty-one, though. I'm like more into thirty-two than I am into thirty. Thirty-one just doesn't even make any sense to me. I have no idea what to do with that number. Mm-hmm. You know, you could just say you're thirty-two for two years until you're thirty-three. Great idea. Brilliant. Great. Done. Um, what about you? Did you weren't able to be with your family this year as a lot of people? Not, yeah, I did not travel to see my family for Christmas, which is, you know, it's it's very sad and weird in its own way. It's my it was my first Christmas a- away from family, um, mm-hmm. as I'm sure is the case for lots of people this year. Um, but I, I knew that was going to be the case for a long time, so I was able to sort of you know come to terms with that and wrap my head around it, and you know. As wonderful as it is to spend the holidays with family, traveling this time of year in a even non-COVID time is a fucking nightmare. And uh, I live in the, my parents live on the East Coast, so it's just always a very long flight. And it, so mm-hmm. not having that stress, um, you know, it's replaced by other stresses. But that was that was kind of nice. It just was a lot quieter and, and calmer, and um, really just ate just ate and drank a lot, which is all I've been doing anyway. But I will say. The only thing I want to talk about, it's the only thing I've been thinking about, is that uh, 
Joel and I made this lasagna and What? I haven't heard about a lasagna. Oh my god. I will send you pictures. It So I got Joel a pasta maker for his birthday this year, which is really a, a gift for me because as we've talked about on the podcast before, as you know, Enley, mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. pasta. She loves she loves so spaghetti. Much. I love god, spaghetti. She loves spaghetti. I love it. I love it. I go crazy <laughs> for it. Um so we've we've been making a ton of pasta and God it's so it tastes so good to to eat pasta that is so freshly made. Oh my god, it's like remarkable. But so we made this lasagna. Mostly Joel made it and I I assisted. And it was this like creamy spinach and mushroom lasagna Ooh. with like a bechamel sauce mm-hmm. and it I mean it, it will make you fall asleep instantly. Mhm. Mhm. And it was so good. And you made so and you made the pasta. Good. The best lasagna I've ever had was when we made the pasta. I it mean, is, it makes such a big difference. It's crazy and it's hard to even describe what that difference is without tasting it. It mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. it is so good. Mm-hmm. And and maybe the least healthy thing that you can make is that kind of lasagna. It was insane. But already, Joel and I were like, should we make that again this week? It has <laughs> vegetables it so in it. Good. It definitely has vegetables in it. So it's yeah. that's, that is yeah. good. Um, but wow, <laughs> it is like the vegetables each have cream and the, it's just like, oh, hoof, 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 heavy. Wait, but so did you God, get him a good. pasta maker like the kind, do you mean just like the crank that you put on your counter? Yes. Or do you mean mm-hmm. like an actual, okay, so because they're not they like an electric those- thing. Right, because they also uh, make those, the electric yes. ones. No, we uh, – I feel like if you're going to – I'm sure that that's amazing. And if we were, like, busier and not fucking at home all the time, that'd probably be the better move. But there's something about – like, we – the process of it is so fun. Like, I mm-hmm. love it. It's really cool. Definitely takes time. But, yeah, to, like, crank it and then and go a little thinner and you crank it again. You go a little thinner and you, and then you cut it and then you crank it again. And then you, if you want, if you're making, like, fettuccine or you can get spaghetti attached, you, like, crank it through those and it, like, pulls, cuts it all out and it becomes a little spaghetti. It's so fucking cool. I'm, wait, I'm wait. obsessed with it. I'm excited for you and this experience with the pasta maker because, honestly, I think you could get really into making some creative pasta shapes. Like, what if you get into making ravioli? I think that's the next frontier. Yep, tortellini. Talked about ravioli. Uh, tor- oh my gosh, Henley, you're like uh, you are predicting. We're, I, I think <laughs> I, I, we were talking about ravioli, but I honestly think next is going to be tortellini because you get to like. I looked at a uh, thing online. You like make a big square and you put your little filling in one corner and then you roll it all the way down and then like fold it into a little circle and it just looks like so. I'm I obsessed see it. with it. It's not th- not too different from your earring making experience. It, it just combines two things I love: mm-hmm. making weird little things and eating spaghetti. And, and so, what could be better? What could be better? And I know we need to start talking about the movie, but one more thing I want to bring <laughs> up is the fact that I saw that you made a dress. Can we talk about that for one second? I did make a dress. I did make a dress. Guys, Emily is like <laughs> the most like crafty, creative person I've ever met. My whole life. You know, Can you talk also, a little bit more about this dress? You. I don't. I don't think I ever felt. I think I never thought I could be this person. And mm-hmm. and quarantine has shown me that I can, which is cool. I uh, we're, this we're never going to get to the movie, but you know what? Whatever. Um, uh, <laughs> Joel's friends for Christmas every year have had this tradition of um, you. Everybody buys a gift for themselves. You wrap it, you come together, and then you open your gift you got yourself in front of everyone and explain what? why you got that gift. It is 
That's Truly such a perfect. good idea. It is like That's my favorite such thing a good idea. that anyone does. It's wonderful. So my gift to myself this year was I was like, you know what? I'm going to get back into sewing. Um, and so I got my sewing machine and found a pattern and some fabric. And at one point, I was really upset with myself because I was like, my gift was work. Like <laughs> yeah. I gave myself an annoying project. Um, but then I did it, and I'm. In, it, it was a pain in the ass. I will not lie. It really was. It, there were moments where I was not pleased with with my decision. But then I made a dress, and it's so cool to be like, this is a, just a thing that I made, and now it I know looks how to make so more good things. too. It looks great. Thank you. Are you? It how are you fun. with using a sewing machine? Or do you feel like I had pretty good at it now? A sewing class in like college, not at college, but like at that time in my life, I took a sewing class. Um, and so it, it, there are some things that I don't really know how to do and I will have to, to figure those out, but following a pattern and Mm -hmm. having like not anything too crazy I can do. Um, Mm -hmm. but man, you can really get lost in it. There's, I mean, it's how all clothes are made that you can make fucking anything if you know how to do it, which I don't, but, um, that might be the next frontier for me. I do, depending on how much longer we're fucking in this, (laughs) like I'm late on the list for vaccines, I think. So maybe I become a person who says things. I don't know. I think you could be. And I'm so impressed by you. And I would love to be able to make my own clothes. That would be so cool. That would be so fun. Okay, well, kudos to you. That's fucking cool. Thank you, Henley. Um, Should we talk about this movie? I guess we should. I guess that is the point, mostly, of this podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, without further ado, (laughs) this week's movie is The Invitation. I watched it because we do not have our Sammy um, mm-hmm. It is scary, but I don't think too scary. So we'll see. We'll see what you think, Henley. But um, invitation. It came out in 2015. It mm-hmm. is um, written by Phil Hay and Matt Manfredi, directed by Karen Kusama, who did um, Jennifer's Body. Right, which we've done on the podcast. Yes, it stars Logan Marshall Green, Tammy Blanchard. Oh no, um, M Emma Yatsi. Corinaldi, oh no, sorry. Uh, Aiden Lefkamp, Michelle Kruziak, Mike Doyle, Jordi Villasuso, Jay Larson, Maria Delfino, Michael Huisman, Lindsay Burge, John Carroll Lynch. Whoa, Oof, this is a huge a lot cast. Of it's There's a huge so many cast. People. And there definitely was a time when I was watching where I was like, I don't know who, what anybody's names are. Um, right, right, right. But then I sort of got then I sort of got the hang of it. Also, because it, it's about it's basically this is a movie I watched because I had been meaning to. It's like been on Netflix for a while. It's the kind of movie every time I see the the image come up, I'm intrigued, and it just sort mm-hmm. of keeps floating in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I was finally like, I. But I thought it was like way scary. I was very intimidated by it. It just like looks like it will be very scary. And don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, it definitely is a, a scary movie, but it, not necessarily in the way that I thought it was going to be. Um, okay. But yeah, uh, but it is like it's a, the whole deal is like it's a dinner party. So that's why there's so many people. Got it. Got um, it. All, all the guests. All the guests at a dinner party. Is it rated um, R? It's rated R, I'm assuming. Is it rated R? What a good question. IMDb says it's not rated, but that doesn't make sense. Movies are always rated. Yeah, it's got to be rated. It's got to be rated. It's got to be rated. Okay, let's see. What's it fucking rated? It has to be rated. This is going to drive me crazy. Wait, wait, I wait. I'm going to literally Google <laughs> rating. 
rating. Oh, it's rated R. Okay, yeah. That, yeah. And you know what? Now, okay. now that that makes sense. <laughs> um, it's rated R for some disturbing, violent content, graphic nudity. Oh, hardly. Um, and language. But yeah, okay, that makes sense. Graphic nudity. My God, you see like one person naked one time who cares um you know that's kind of a fun thing part of me feels like we should start doing that like saying what the rating is and saying why it's rated that way it's kind of interesting it is kind of fun and i and Mm -hmm. i didn't know but uh, but now i'm like yeah 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 welcome to the final cocktail hour of 2020 i mean cheers to that We are having this week the reunion. In a cocktail glass or copper mug, you will stir together two ounces vodka, one ounce pomegranate juice, half an ounce of lime juice, one tablespoon of pomegranate seeds, one teaspoon of honey, and ice. You will top that off with a splash of ginger beer and garnish with a sprig of fresh rosemary. We've made it through another year. Thankfully, we will be enjoying these drinks in the safety of our own homes and not at the world's worst dinner party. Raise a glass to that and to us. We made it. Cheers. Do we have any trivia on this one? We have some trivia. We have some trivia. Um, the first is a kind of a bummer for them, um, which is that it the budget was one million. Not too mm-hmm. high. Oh, it's pretty low. Um, it's very and it low. grossed like three hundred thousand. Yikes! Uh, so it did not did not do great. There aren't really any like big stars in it, um, which might have been part of the problem in mm-hmm. terms of like getting people out to watch it. Uh, apparently, a, a casting what if? Apparently, Zachary Quinto, Luke Wilson, and Topher Grace were originally cast in major roles. Um, Interesting, those, and then they all, all of those, dropped out. I guess they all dropped out. I don't know why. I'm like, I would like to learn more about that fact. I bet like one of them dropped out and then the others were like, I'm dropping out because the other one dropped out or something. Probably. Like that. that would have definitely, I think, changed how much it made. Um, 100%. So wow. Um, remember Topher Grace? Like Topher what? Grace was huge. He was huge. What he happened was to him? Huge. Um, yeah. Bunzo. Yeah, I guess. I, what's knows? up with you, Topher? I know you're listening. Um, yeah. Tell us let, where you're at. Let us know. Send us a DM. Um, send us a DM. The other it, trivia that I found interesting, it's not a ton of trivia. This I don't think this was a huge movie, to be completely honest. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the director and writers had complete creative control over the film, as it was independently produced without any involvement from major studios. Oh. That also, so, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Also, in terms of it not making any money back. Uh huh. Yes, studios help with that um, mm-hmm. because they must make money. I enjoyed this movie. It's weird. It's weird. Um, okay, but it's I'm into, beautiful. I'm into weird. Like it's, I think it's beautifully shot. There are, so, I think, the main guy in it, um, Logan something. What's his name? Logan Marshall Green. Um, is so good at something like this. Like he just is, he kind of looks like Tom Hardy, but Ooh, he is just I like, like he just like looks so tortured while doing so little. And I just, I'm, he's very like watchable, mm. which I think mm-hmm. is honestly 
the only job of an actor is to be watchable. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter why that's the case. That's mm-hmm. your job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like that. That's a, that's actually I think that's one hundred percent true. Because it's like true. some bad actors, you still are like, I want to watch you, so I don't. It's like yeah. then you're still like good for you. You're still doing it right. Yeah, people will probably disagree with me on that, but that's how I feel. I do think what's cool about this movie is it's very like a lot of the vibe of this movie comes from this like moody house and the little like dinner lighting and the Hollywood Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think watching the trailer would give, I haven't seen this trailer. Mm-hmm. So it'll so give me a, know. a vibe. And you know what? You know what? You know how I feel about lighting. And the fact that we're talking about dinner party lighting, I Henley, am down. You are going to love the lighting in this movie. The lighting down. is warm. Oh. It is uh, – I should have prefaced with that, man. The, the lighting in this movie, you're going to love it. It's warm. It's warm. Mm. It's very warm. Mm. Um, So I think, honestly, you're going to probably love this trailer. Okay. I'm really excited. Let's watch it. Let's give it – let's give it a try. Let's give it a try. This thing is so official. Maybe they're overcompensating. It's kind of hard to call everybody up out of the blue after two years. I'm so glad you're here. We've got a lot to talk about. So much to celebrate tonight. Each and every one of us is on a journey. And we feel that it's important to be on that journey with the people you love. Everybody, this is my friend Pruitt. on the windows and no security safer you've been acting so suspicious of our hospitality well jesus has it been like this a lot so agitated how has he been handling things he can be self-destructive I think he's doing the best he can. Something doesn't feel safe here. We don't see you for two years, and then all of a sudden, we get invited to this lavish dinner. Don't tell me that this is normal. What do you think is happening, Will? This beautiful moment is upon us. Tonight is the night our faith is made real. Beautiful lighting. <laughs> gorgeous lighting, darling. What is gorgeous? Um, I hated the crying at the end. I hated the yeah. crying at the end. Just the quiet, like, just crying. No, thank you. And, um, and that was a real that guy moment. That guy. I feel like a he's real in, like, that guy moment. like, I feel like he's in, um, uh, the, well, I mean, I mean, like, the, the one who's 
also hosting the dinner party. He is Mm -hmm. in so many things. Is that Michael Hoosman or what's his name? Yes. He, yeah, he's in so many things and I've never really known what his name is, but he's always like pops up in random things. He's in the flight attendant, which I've been watching. Okay. Um, what else has he been in? I feel like he's in like just he, random stuff. So he's stuff. in Game of Thrones, and I and I feel like he's British in Game of because everyone is right. But so when he came on screen this one, and he started talking. I was like, oh, is this guy American? And then he said one word so weird, and I was like, nope, not American. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> is he British? Probably. He is. Yeah, British and Dutch. I think. Okay, that makes sense. Fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. Okay. Well, spooky. I'm excited. <laughs> it's- it's tense. This trailer does a good job of showing you that this movie is tense. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to feel tense, Henley, because you're just going to listen to me tell you about it. So I'm going to sit back and relax, baby. Just sit back and relax, baby. Think of that warm, warm lighting <laughs> and just we'll just take it from there. I like that you just called it weird, and I would love to know what that means. So let's that it's weird. get into it. I think it. that it's weird. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
Um, okay, so it starts off. We meet Will. Will is our main character. Mm-hmm. Um, Will, Wait, and he's he's the tortured tortured he's boy. He's the tortured one. Tortured boy. Okay. Um, All right. So Will and his girlfriend Kira are driving um, through the Hollywood Hills. Mm. Kira is holding, they have an invitation to this dinner party, and it's, like, printed like a wedding invitation, like, very formal, and she's sort of remarking on, like, well, this is a this is a very formal thing. We learn that this dinner party is hosted by Will's ex-wife and her new uh, husband or partner, I don't know what their marital status is, but her new person, mm-hmm. um, and he says... Yeah, I guess you have to be formal when you disappear for two years and then all of a sudden, like, reemerge. Wow. So no one's really heard from the, the ex-wife in two years. She and her new partner, we learn, met in a grief group. Okay. So we're not given any more details about They met – I think they met in, in Will and his ex-wife, their shared grief group, perhaps – so oh, they met while Will and the wife were still together. Will and the wife split up. She's now it. with this guy. Um, did, did they like lose a kid together or something? We'll find. We'll find. We'll that find out. out. But yes, we'll find that out. <laughs> we don't know, but yes. But I mean, they got a divorce. They were in a grief group. It, uh, all it, signs it's all, point to yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> it's sort it. of sort of pointing to that. <laughs> um. All of a sudden, they hit a coyote with their car. Honestly, um, realistic. Uh, yeah, it's like dusk, <laughs> dusk time. Mm-hmm. So hit a coyote with their car. Uh, they like pull over like, holy shit. Uh, he gets out of the car. We hear whimpering and learn that the coyote did not die. Ugh. So he gets a tire iron out of his trunk and beats the coyote to death. We don't really see it, but we sort of hear it and it's not good. Oh, no. Fuck. Very, very and at this point, I'm thinking, I'm canceling dinner. You know, um, I can't imagine walking into a dinner party after just having murdered an animal. Oh. Um, like, mercy killed a fucking animal you hit with your car. But they continue on. Awful. I hate that. Okay, got it. Um, we see them driving up to the house. Gorgeous house in the hills. It looks, like, remarkably like the house is, like, right behind my apartment. So I was like, oh, I don't love that. <laughs> Um, but they're up in the Hollywood Hills, this huge, gorgeous house. I think Kira comments on, like, this is, oh, she says, like, you used to live here. Um, it's their, their house they used to live in together. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, her family has a lot of money. It was never his. Mm-hmm. As they walk in, he, there are a lot of, like, weird sort of flashback-y or, like, superimposed. He's, like, having memories of this house while mm-hmm. he's there. And we see a memory of, like, a kid in a, one of the rooms. So, like, yes, the, we're getting the impression that they had a kid. The kid died. And they mm. they and their child lived in this house. Okay. That's so sad. Um, They come in. All the other friends are there. They're hugging. They're meeting Kira for the first time. So these are basically Will and Eden is his ex-wife's shared friends. Um, we get the impression they probably haven't all been together much in the past couple years since whenever this trauma happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Eden immediately is like in this like floor length white gown, very Manson-y and like very mm-hmm. happy and calm and Ooh, creepy. it's like a little unsettling. She walks up to, she's like flirting with Will in a wet, like, but it just, their vibe is, is wild. <laughs> um, she comes up to him and like wipes blood off his face, like a little speck. 
that had clearly come from the coyote. Um, yeah. So, like, really intimate right away. Very intimate right away. And, yes, like, if I'm the girlfriend, I'm sort of like, I don't want to. <laughs> this isn't good. I, get, I, I Like, this. I get it. But also, like, I don't know. It's weird. Um, then in comes David. David is Eden's new guy. He's also, he's wearing, like, linen drawstring pants. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just, Mm -hmm. like, one of those guys, like, you know, very, like, Mm -hmm. oh, hello, welcome. Oh, so glad everyone's in his home. Um. Oh, very Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. He opens a bottle of wine for everyone, and they're all like, oh, shit, it's an 85 Rothschild, which is apparently a very expensive, cool wine. They're all like, hell yeah. They're very excited by this. The energy is a little weird. No one really knows how to mm-hmm. how to be, um, but they're sort of going with the flow. The group of friends, let me see if I can remember all of their names. Okay. So we've got Will is our main character. Will, his girlfriend, Kira. Eden is his ex-wife. David is her new partner. Then we have uh, Gina, their friend, who um, is there alone. She's waiting on her boyfriend, Choi, who has not arrived yet. So Gina. Then we have Tommy and Miguel, who are a couple. Claire, who's there on her own. And Ben is their other friend, who's also there alone. His wife is home with the kids. Um, so that's, that is our group. Okay, if got it. it. I'll try to remember, but I'm I mean, honestly, won't. who cares? I really only remember Will and Eden at this point. That's, but that's those okay. are really the important ones. Um, All right, got it. And David, who is the new the new partner. Um, mm-hmm. So they they get the wine. I think Will turns it down, um, but everybody else has their glass of wine. Uh, David does a toast to the group, very like, oh, I'm so glad you're all... Just one of those fucking toasts where you're like, I hate this guy. Um, <laughs> down the hall, Will catches a glimpse of a woman walk out of a room in a t-shirt and nothing else. This is the, the graphic nudity that earns us an R rating. <laughs> just oh, really? a, a pantsless uh, woman, yeah. Um, there might be other nudity, but I don't think there uh, is. I w- really hope there's more nudity than that. Disappointing. Yeah. I know. Um... She like she sees her see him and like giggles and runs into the room. Um, mm. Comes back out in a in a dress. She's immediately like very bizarre. Uh, like uh, she's very Mansony to me. Like bubbly mm. and barefoot and like mm-hmm. bizarre. Um, her name is Sadie. Then uh, David and Eden introduced that uh, we met Sadie in Mexico. Uh, we're, we're helping her out. Um, and we realized that's where they were for the past two years. They, like, went down to Mexico. Okay. Um, Will asks if he can uh, walk around the house on his own. He's sort of like, can I just take a minute and walk through the house? Um, Will is clearly, like, a traumatized person. Uh, they're mm-hmm. all sort of tiptoeing around him. They're tiptoeing around Eden in a way because she just seems weird. Like, everyone sort of notices that she's changed. I don't think this is what she was like. Um, and mm-hmm. Will is just, like, this is clearly a very emotional thing for him. So they let, he goes to take a sort of walk around the house. In the kitchen, he has flashes back to a memory of um, Eden trying to kill herself and him stopping her. Oh, Jesus. Um, then Eden walks in to the kitchen in real time. They talk. She says, you know, I just... I feel so good now. He, he tells her she seems different. She's like, I, I am different. You know, I just realized... I I was holding on to so much pain and you know I'm I'm free now. A pain pain is optional. You don't have to feel it. Wow. 
That's amazing. Um, as is, wouldn't that be great? Um, wouldn't that be great? Uh, ben walks in the friend as she's talking about how great she feels now and using her this like cloudy voice. And Ben sort of tells her she sounds nuts, and she immediately slaps him across the face. It's very Whoa. abrupt. Wow. Um, and she leaves the kitchen and Ben's like what the fuck and he mm-hmm. and Will talk and um, this I don't think that this is important but he he and Will are talking catching up again it's been a while Ben or Will asks where Ben's wife is and he's like she's home with the kids uh, and he says you know I think we hate each other um, and Will's like oh I'm sorry that sucks he's like yeah but the sex is so angry just like so great it's like he's that's just like i think to give you a deal of like what ben's vibe is he's like that kind (laughs) of guy um sure (laughs) we got a knock at the door uh a man comes in his name is pruitt he is very much a that guy if you look him up you'll be like oh right that guy um Mm -hmm. but you see him come on screen and you're like that guy that guy oh that guy um oh that guy so pruitt comes comes to the door and He's someone they met in Mexico. He's there for the dinner party, wearing like a short sleeve button down, like bamboo looking shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, Gina, meanwhile, is like, Where is Choi, her boyfriend? She's like, He said he promised to be on time this time. We're getting the deal that Choi is maybe like, We love Choi, but he's maybe kind of a fuck up. And like, Of course, Choi is late. She's like, He swore he was going to be on time. She is like, Oh man, I want to call him, but nobody has service. Nobody has cell reception up there. We're like deep in the hills. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And she's asks if she can use the the house phone, and, and um, Eden's like, "Oh no, the the landline is down. It's not working. You know, we were in Mexico for so long, we <laughs> forgot to pay the bill, and you know, they haven't come to fix it. The the landline is down." Meanwhile, we we the audience viewer sees David has taken a phone call from in the house, so like mm. on a landline, he is somehow able to use the phone. So I'm already like, mm. I mean, we're getting weird vibes, but that one I'm like, nobody's going to, he was on the fucking phone. But we can't use the phone. Um, Will is sitting on the stairs in the main room. It's like a very gorgeous Hollywood Hills, like very 70s layout, open mm-hmm. house situation. Um Will sees David lock the front door from the inside and mm. put the key in his pocket. And Will asks, like, cl- clocks in, is like, why did you do that? And uh, he says, oh, you know, there have been some some crazy people around late, like a house got broken into, and it's just, you know, feels safer up in the hills to, to do that. And Will says, what if there's a fire? Clearly, it, this is more of like just a challenge to David. He does not like David. There's a lot of tension there. But David says like, oh, okay. Takes the key out and like leaves it in the door, the lock. Um, but the door is still locked. Will goes out to get some firewood and hears like sounds of children laughter, children's laughter outside in the yard. He's clearly not ready to be here. Um, Mm -hmm. super not ready to be in this house. Mm -hmm. Um, But while he's outside in the yard getting the firewood, he sees through, like, sliding glass doors inside of Eden and David's bedroom. He sees her, like, open a drawer, a top nightstand drawer, sort of furtively, and then 
we're not sure if she grabs something out of it or puts something in, but that, like, shuts it and sort of, like, wipes her hands of it metaphorically and, and leaves the room. Okay. She doesn't see him okay. see her. So he immediately goes in that room. Um, Checks it out. Okay. Yep. He sees that it's a there are pills in there. So he grabs one of the pills and puts it in his pocket. Um, one of my favorite tropes, by the way, in these horror movies, pills. Pills. Love it when pills are involved. Uh, you got, you love time. to see it. You love to see pills I love be involved. To see a, I love to see a pill. Perfect. Um, and then he turns around and David is standing in the doorway of the room. So sort of clocked him, but he doesn't say anything. I, I think he's like, oh, we're, you know, we're about to do something in the living room or like come join us in the living room. So he goes out. In the meantime, he Will has another memory of he and Eden taking a bath together being, like, very clearly in love, very intimate. Um, their son sort of walks in, and it, it's, like, a nice a nice moment, a nice memory. Um, so we're just getting, you know, little glimpses of their life before whatever happened happened. How old is the son, do we think? The age-old mm, question. Five-ish. Okay. Young. Young. Um, yeah. I, would, I would love to hear Sammy's take on how old that, that son is. Um... <laughs> So as he's, like, looking in the bathroom, having this memory, and then hears a scream from the living room that sort of, like, snaps him back to reality. He runs out into the living room, and the scream was just one of their friends, like, a, a like, no, oh, my God, like, one of those screams, because the, it was just revealed to them that Eden and David are in a cult. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, it, so there, it, what it is is... Um, <laughs> They, it's called The Invitation, this group. And, you know, especially after on the heels of just seeing fucking, what was that thing called on HBO? The Vow. Oh, the Vow. It's one, the it vow, clearly yeah. is one of those. It is like, you know, it is a cult. But mm-hmm. for the people in it, it is, um, you know, it's, it's self-help. It, there's This one mm-hmm. is specifically, I think, based around dealing with grief and trauma. It's why, mm-hmm. what she was saying about, like, pain is optional. It's like, that's, that's the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, the friends who aren't in it, they're like, oh, I've heard of that. It's like, it's a cult. They're like, that's what you're doing. You were in Mexico for two years. You're in a fucking cult. They're like, they're having fun with it. Which is like not what you say to a person who is in the cult, deep no, in the cult. it's definitely, especially when that <laughs> reason they probably are is because their son died. It's like, mm, right. not great. Um, but, you know, David and Eden are talking about it. And David says, you know, it's, re- it's really a science more than a religion. It's about oh. a way to like process and release Grief and attachments and um, Pruitt. It's exactly the same as the vow. <laughs> yeah, right. How they kept call- they kept calling it a science. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, it's fucking not. Um, it's mind control. It's a cult. Um, but Pruitt, surprise, surprise, is also a member. That's how they know Pruitt. That's why he is there. And they're like, well, we actually would love. We have this this video. We would love to show you all this introduction video. Um, you're our friends. We we want to show you. So they're like, okay. Um, they play this video, and in the introduction video, there's this like guru guy uh, talking about it, and clearly in this like beautiful place in Mexico, and says it that the the point of it is to rewrite your experiences with trauma. It's about like you get to rewrite that narrative. Um, moving on to the next life is like it is a good thing when people go there. That is that is nice. Um, and then the video shows a woman on a bed, like, dying. 
essentially while the guru is like sitting next to her and someone else is next to her and like talking her through it and being like it's okay but but she fully dies this group of friends at a dinner party watches a video of a woman's final moments and they what? are how is she how is why is she dying do we know? like we have any they idea? reveal that it's cancer afterwards okay. like it's like she's you know she's just like in, just in her last causes. moments but like yeah, yeah. dying and they're all like, this video, and, or I think one of them was like, can we turn this off? And everyone yeah. is pretty upset. Um, mm-hmm. And they're like, did we just watch a, like, did we just watch a woman die? Is that what we just fucking watch right now? Mm-hmm. And Eden and David are like, oh, we're sorry. We didn't mean to upset you that, you know, that wasn't, the, that's not the point. It's supposed to be beautiful. Um, we're just trying to show you there's, there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, that's, that's the point. Um Eden starts crying um, and just being like, you know, I'm just like, I, we just wanted to share this with you. I, I, it's so important for, for me to show you how, like, how okay I am. You know, like, I'm I'm okay now. I feel great. And it's like, girl, no, you don't. At which point, no. Will starts crying, uh, just getting really overwhelmed because he's watching his wife fucking lose it. He's clearly not okay. It's right. just an all-around terrible situation. I think Claire then, mm-hmm. like, brings him out of the room. One of his friends brings him out of the room and is it's like, are you okay? This is really intense. I know this is really weird. Uh, actually, I think it's Gina. It, again, it doesn't matter. I know this is really weird, um, but, you know, we, we love you. We just, we really love you. It's, it's so good to see you. I know we weren't, you know. Basically, he gets all these moments sort of one by one with each friend being like, it's really great to have you back. We've missed you. Um, I know this is strange. It's nice for us all to be together. Basically, I think f- trying to justify for us, the viewer, like, why the fuck is he still there? Like, if, there are right. so many times in this night where I'm like, yeah, this night Leave. is done. This night is done. It's, <laughs> it's not over. getting better. Um, everybody needs to fucking call it. This did not work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But Will then shows... Um, He's sitting with another of his friends comes out to to see how he's doing. I think it's Tommy, who I guess is a doctor. Um, mm-hmm. And he shows Tommy the pill that he had taken from Eden's room. And is like, what what is this? Um, and he says it's a barbitur- barbiturate. How do you say it? Barbiturate? Yeah, barbiturate, I think. Barbiturate. Um, yeah. And he's like, Eden is taking these pills. Like, what the fuck? Um, and those are just sedatives, right? I think those are like just pretty intense sedatives. I think they're, I think they're like illegal now. Yeah, or he was like, I don't people think they don't make them like anymore. use these anymore. Um, so she probably got them in her cult group or whatever, somehow uh, under Somewhere the in fucking table. Um, and mm-hmm. so yeah, also like she's not actually happy; she's just numbing herself. One hundred percent. Yeah. Uh. They, you know, they all go back into the living room, sort of calm down from this video. Um, David offers everyone another round of drinks. At this point, Will finally does take one. Um, and David says, let's play an honesty game. This is no. A, this is a game. No. This is a game we played at, you know, in Mexico. And <laughs> no. basically how you play the game is you just say a thing that you I think it's you you say something that is true you, or you like you say something that you want. I don't really know the rules of the game, but it's an honesty game. Um Sadie goes first. Sadie is our little weird cult girl. She's like, "I'll go first." Um 
I want to say my tr- my truth is that I love all of you. And okay. then she goes and kisses Gina and just like makes out with her. <laughs> um, and Gina's like, whoa, okay, it's a party. <laughs> We're having a party now. Uh, and we learned at one point that David used to do – he like went on a bender in his grief and like did a lot of coke. Mm. Um. So Gina's like, Wait, all right. you mean Will or we David? Did. Oh, I guess da- David. David. Yeah, he was, he was also, also in the grief, in the grief group. group. Yeah, and we don't know right, what right, his right, thing right. was, but yes, he was also in a grief group. But so okay. Gina's like, all right, fine, I'll go next. My my truth is, I would love some of that coke that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And and then they all like laugh, and she's like, no, 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 I'm I'm just kidding. And David goes, no, you weren't. You're this. You're being honest. You you want some, so have some. And tosses so he her. Still has some. Tosses her a bag of cocaine. And she's like, fuck, okay, works for me. <laughs> Pruitt um, goes next. Pruitt is our, that guy who's from the mm-hmm. the cult. And he talks about, he's like, my truth is I really, I really miss my wife. Um, you know, she, I remember the day that I met her. Goes on this whole long, really romantic story. I remember the day that I met her. I, I loved her instantly. She's the most beautiful woman I ever saw. She was perfect. Loved everything about her. Um, one night, though, we we were drinking, and we got just got into an argument about you know, something stupid. And uh, I just I got worked up, and I hit her. She hit the ground. Oh. She never got up again. What? What the I, fuck? And then, you know, I, I went to prison and uh, I, I, I paid for what I did. And, and then the invitation, you know, it really, it saved me. It released me from, from my guilt. It cured me of my anger. And I know that I'll see her again and it'll be great and she'll be happy to see me and she, she won't have any anger. And all of them are like, what the fuck? <laughs> Um, Will starts getting, like, really emotional again, talking about, you know, people you'll see on the other side, thinking about his fucking son. Everyone is very freaked out that this man just admitted to beating his wife to death, essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. And Eden's like, I'll go next. (laughs) Um, And says, my my truth is, like, I've always really, I've always really wanted to kiss Ben. And so then she goes up to Ben and kisses Ben. And he's like, ah, nobody tell my wife, ha ha. Um, and then at this point, Claire, uh, one of the friends who I forgot to mention earlier, had like pulled Will aside and was one of the people who were like, we really missed you. And how are you doing? I'm sorry I wasn't like there for you. Seems lovely and normal. She's mm-hmm. like, I want to go. <laughs> I'm going to leave. This is not, mm-hmm. I like, it's nice to see you all. I'm, I'm not going to do this this night. Um David tries to stop her. He's like, "No, no, no, Claire, you should you should stay. You know, we you don't have to play that game if you're uncomfortable." And Will's like, "Just let her fucking leave." Like it's the first time that he actually confronts David. And is like, "She wants to go. Let her fucking go." Mm-hmm. And David's like, "Okay, fine. Yep, she she can leave." Um as she goes to uh to get up and go, Pruitt's like, "Oh, are you in the whatever, probably Prius?" <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm parked behind you. So he gets up uh, and leaves, like, with her. And Will says to her, like, do you want me to walk you to your car? And she's like, no, I'm, like, literally, I'm right there. Um, so Claire and Pruitt leave. 
uh, Will stands at the window and is like watching them both go go out to their cars. Um, you know, backs up, lets her out, and then as she's like driving down the street, sort of just out of our view. Pruitt goes, oh, wait, Claire, wait up. I, I wanted to tell you something and like walks up to oh, her car no. and, and we know, can no longer see them. In this moment, David comes up behind Will and he's like, hey, Will, can we can we talk? Um, so Will goes and, and talks with him and uh, he's like, I, you know, I know you're going through, you've been through a lot of hard stuff, but like I feel like you've been really weird to me this whole dinner like you don't trust me you asked me about the locked door you're you're standing at the window watching my friend like you don't trust him um you know and I, I know you know we've been through the same thing you know I, I we, we can connect and Will's basically like hey man you don't fucking know me no mm-hmm. no thank you um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then it's it's time for dinner we uh we sit at the dinner table, and as we're having dinner, oh, the sound in this part is so good. We just start to hear, like, uh, clicking of dishes and forks. That, like, all of that gets really loud and everything else gets really quiet. It's just, like, very jarring and unnerving. Mm-hmm. Will starts oh, flashing. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, it's, it's bad. Will starts flashing to a memory of his son's. I think it was his son's fifth birthday, so five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and... At this party, it's this all the same old group. They're all in the backyard, and we at the party in the memory we hear someone scream, Eden scream. They all run to this kid, so he's remembering his son dying. Um, mm-hmm. We still don't really know why or how um, at his birthday party, and. Uh, Will in real time starts having sort of like a fucking panic attack and mm-hmm. goes outside. Um, gets up and goes outside. Sadie comes outside. Um, I, I, he's been out there a little bit, I guess. She comes outside and and sits next to him, um, and is like, "Things don't things don't seem good with with your girlfriend. Like, I don't think that you don't seem happy." And he's like, "You don't know me. What the fuck is your deal?" And she's like, "You can fuck me if you want. You can fuck me right here." And he's like. No, get out of he like it sort of maybe is like go inside and yeah um just sort of reconfirming that this woman is strange um so then one of Will's friends again I don't I one don't know friends. which one one of the friends one of them Tommy one of them it's Tommy okay Tommy then comes outside to where Will is and uh Will's like something here doesn't feel right this night doesn't feel mm-hmm. right. I think something is. I think something is seriously wrong. Like, what the fuck is up? What is up with these people? What was that video? Like, what is happening? And then, and a thing he keeps saying is like, "Where is Choi? Like, mm. why isn't he here?" Um, and Tommy's mm. like, "Hey, man, I know this is really hard for you. Yes, they're definitely weird, but like, you're letting your mind run away with you. Let's just get through tonight. Like, we're, you know, we're almost fucking done. Let's we'll just get through the night. You're gonna be fine. Everything's fine." Oh, my God. Okay. So Tommy goes back inside. Before Will goes back inside, he has, like, a moment where he, like, reception pops up on his phone. And he sees he has a voicemail from Choi. Mm. He listens to the voicemail, and it's from Choi, and he's like, hey, man, I just got here at the house. Um, I'm wondering if you're here. 
it's just something I don't remember exactly what he says, but the voicemail is essentially like I'm at the house and this is before oh, no. the dinner party started. Oh no. Oh no. So Will immediately goes back into the dinner table. All the lights go out. And then Eden and David walk up the stairs with a cake with lit candles for Miguel's birthday. It was Miguel's birthday last uh, week. They sing okay. happy birthday to Miguel, put the cake down, he blows the candles out. And then Will is immediately like, where the fuck is Troy? He like stands up <laughs> and he's like, what is this? What's wrong? He's like losing it. What is, what's wrong with you guys? Why is everybody being so fucking polite? And he says, oh, it's so devastating. He was like, it meant something when our son died. Don't try to erase that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Kira gets up and is like, we need to leave. Like, we're going to yeah. leave. Uh, he's sorry. That, like, we're going to go home now. This is not good. Uh, sorry, everyone. And Will's like, where the fuck is Choi? I'm not leaving. What's going on? What is this? Choi was the first one here. Like, where is he? And Gina's like, is that true Eden what, what's going on and Eden and Dave are like we have not seen Choi tonight I don't know what he's talking about I promise we have not seen him he's like why did he tell me he was here at fucking seven o'clock what did you do to him oh Jesus and the doorbell rings mm-hmm. and it's Choi okay and Choi comes in and is like oh god I'm sorry I was here and then I got a fucking call from work and I had to go back and uh and so everyone is like you know it's really fucking awkward now he basically accused him of murdering her their friend and <laughs> said here he is um and oh will starts to sob and and uh leaves the room um he has like a memory of he goes into the bathroom he has a memory of like teaching his son to wash his hands all of these memories are just, like, very sweet little moments. Uh, so now, you know, this movie does such a good job of, yes, this is weird. Yes, these people are freaky. It feels like something's up. But also, are we just living inside Will's brain where he's mm-hmm. – it's his grief and the fact that mm-hmm. that they're processing it in a way that, like, is not helpful for him. And um, mm-hmm. so he goes back outside. Kira, his, his girlfriend – comes out um, to talk to him. He says, um, you know, I should have been watching the kids more carefully that day. Mm. And she's like, it's not your fault. Like, you know, and he says something to the effect of, I shouldn't have given them those bats. It starts to feel like a... One kid at the party killed his son with a bat. Jesus Christ. That's what I think it is. What? Yeah. Um, Whoa. He Whoa. says to Kira, you know, like, I've wanted to die ever since that day. Like, he's yeah. not doing as well as it maybe has seemed like he's doing. Don't blame you. Don't I blame don't blame him. you. How do you recover from something like that? And Kira, I think, says, like, you know, let's again, like, let's go um, this like, you know, we don't need to be here. And he says something to her to the effect of, like, look, you're great, um, but you, you know, I, I'm like not a good time for me to be in a relationship. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> and she gets up and I at this point, I'm like, OK, she's leaving, which I, at this point, I'm like, yeah, honey, you you leave. I mean, I guess they drove together, mm-hmm. but 
Um, nope, turns out she just got up and went back inside. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's like, you know what? I'll just go back to this dinner party. Yeah, I'm just going to go back to this dinner party with fun. these people. Um, these strangers. Will comes back inside as they are cutting uh, Miguel's birthday cake. And he asks if he can see their son's room. And they say, of course. Uh, he goes in. It's, you know, it's no longer a child's bedroom. They've, like, turned it into an office. But he sits on the floor mm-hmm. and just sort of sits in that room. Um, out the window from that room, into the, it looks out into the big backyard. And he mm-hmm. sees David go to the edge of the yard and light a, a lantern that's in the edge of the yard. And it's bright red. It's just, like, this red lantern. Mm-hmm. He looks at him doing that and it's like, Thinks it's a little strange. So he then starts to look around this room. It's it's now an office. Um, and opens the laptop on the table and sees on the desktop of the laptop a video um, from, the, uh, from that cult leader guy. And the video is this man talking direct to camera saying um, – uh, you know, what you're doing is is the right thing. This is what we all are called to do. Um, it will be better once you do this. You will, you know, things are. We'll we'll see each other again on the other side. Um, we get the impression that this guy is. He took this video before he died, and uh, this video is is urging. All who watch it, whether it's just for them personally or not, to do something and Mm -hmm. that then they will join him on the other side. Mm -hmm. So it's like a Heaven's Gate situation. Seems like it. Yeah. We hear Pruitt that he like shuts the laptop. Pruitt goes like, hey, everybody, come on. Let's share a drink. Calls everybody out back to the dinner table. Will goes out. Um... David pours them all a, a glass of wine. Or they, he, like, has this big decanter and is pouring them glasses of wine. They're passing him down the table. He uh, goes to to do a toast. David raises his glass, like, let's raise a glass. Um, they go to start to drink it. Gina takes, the, you know, drinks her wine. And then immediately Will starts slamming the glasses out of ever like knocking out of her hands they're crashing wine glasses are breaking everybody's like no 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 don't drink it <laughs> um sadie starts freaking out and goes you ruined it oh my god she lunges at will he pushes her out of the way she falls hits her head and is starts bleeding she's like knocked out so everyone oh is god. like Will, what the fuck? Because he already just had this freak out that was clearly nothing. They're like, what yeah. the fuck? They all go down to Sadie on the ground like, Sadie, are you okay? And she's not coming to. She's bleeding. They're all freaking out about that. It's like, do we have to call an ambulance? And then, behind us, Joy mm-hmm. goes, Gina? Gina, Gina, what's going on? Gina is foaming at the mouth. Oh, no. Oh, no. She's the only go. one who had a sip of her wine. And she is foaming mm-hmm. at the mouth and just dies like instantly instantly holy shit so then holy shit they all start freaking out and they're like it's this movie is so calm and just like weird and Mm -hmm. like you're like going in and out of rooms and little snippets of conversation and then this shit happens and it is fucking chaos until the end of the movie (laughs) 
So they all start freaking out and they're like, what the fuck? Sadie is already freaked out. Uh, I, it's hard to recall where everybody even is at this moment, but they all start to be like, oh, fuck. We got to get out of here. They start checking yeah. doors. Every door is locked from the inside. Of course. Of course. Of course. Then David pulls out a gun and shoots Miguel. What? Miguel dies. Then, this is really cool, all the sound goes out. So then it's just all this chaos and there's we're not hearing anything. Pruitt takes a gun out, shoots and kills Choi. What? Sound comes back up. Sadie comes to and starts attacking people with a fucking butcher knife. What? Will and Kira run out of the room. Um, they they escape to some. I think he's like this room. We can, we can get out of here. They like go into this room. They can see all these. Uh, there's like a huge backyard, and all the rooms that lead that like lead out to it have like sliding glass mm-hmm. doors. So they end up mm-hmm. in a room that essentially is like turn. I think turned into just storage. So it's a bunch of cardboard boxes and stuff, sort of blocking the door. But they see out of the sliding glass door. Pruitt and David outside the backyard dragging Ben out and then killing him. Oh my god. Will and Kira are trying to get out. They can't get out that way. Will is like, okay, they, we can get out through like the upstairs garage. I, I, there's, a, there's a garage up there. I, I, we can get out. So they're, you know, because this used to be his house, thankfully. He knows mm-hmm. what the deal is. So they're sort of sneaking through. They see David and Eden talking in the kitchen. Eden is, like, sitting on the ground, like, shaking, freaking out. And David's, like, consoling her. He's like, we have to do this. Um, It's okay. We were chosen. We are chosen for this. This is the only way we can leave the pain behind. We have to do this. Like, we've already started. And she's sort of like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we should do this. Um, And she seems really drugged out. Mm -hmm. They sneak past. Will and Kier manage to get to the upstairs garage as they pass the couch they see sadie sitting on the couch dying somebody stabbed her a bunch of times i think they walk oh she's holding a fire poker in her hand too will like walks up to her and grabs the fire poker out of her hand and just like takes it they go upstairs and they see that the door he learns that the door that was there is gone they have like plastered over it and turned it into just like a sealed off room no. We hear Pruitt coming up the stairs. Uh, he has a gun. They hide in the corner, and Pruitt, like, walks in, and he's looking around the room trying to find them with his gun. Will comes out of the shadows, starts beating him with the fire poker. Pruitt punches him. They're in a fight. It looks like he's going to be able to shoot. Uh, he, he, like, puts Will in a chokehold. Mm-hmm. And then Kira comes out. Fucking beats Pruitt to death in the head with a fire poker. Okay. Okay. All right. They, I believe, yes, they then take Pruitt's gun, which is a smart move. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get up. Will and Kira, like, then get up and go to leave. <sighs> On their way out of that room, they run into Eden. Mm-hmm. Eden has a gun, shoots Will, hits him in the shoulder, mm-hmm. then shoots herself in the stomach. <gasps> what? And what? She's wearing this like white dress. It feels very, very 
almost over the top symbolic because then the way that blood pools out of her body and onto her dress is uh, I think supposed to be like a, a miscarriage. Yeah, like child child loss metaphor. Um but she still on the stomach starts sort of slowly dying. David then comes up the stairs with a knife. Uh they point their gun at him. We know that the gun is out of bullets but they're like he doesn't know that so they they point the gun at david and then out of the fucking blue tommy attacks david stabs him kills him we didn't know he was still alive but there he does then as she dies on the floor eden calls out for will that he comes up to her they both are sobbing She's like, I don't even know if she apologized, but she was like, I wanted to believe. I like basically saying, like, I just, I I wanted to think that there was a way to to absolve To get out of this. Um, Yeah. Asks him to take her outside. He picks her up. They all, the three, Kira, Will, Tommy, and Eden walk outside. They lay Eden down in the grass. And she dies. And... There are, you know, three of them stand outside. They they hug. They sob. Um, Tommy's like, I need to go back in and get Miguel's body. This fucking husband who got shot at the, what the outset. Hell? Will is standing in the, the backyard. We start to hear some sirens overhead. This is like a gorgeous backyard. It overlooks like all of the hills. Mm-hmm. Will looks over, sees the red lantern glowing. Looks out into the hills. And in the distance, sees a bunch of red lanterns all down the hill. There's smoke coming from some houses, helicopters circling overhead. We hear a distant scream. End of movie. (gasps) What? Oh, what? Oh, my God. It's wild. That final shot is the scariest part of the entire movie we were like oh my god all it's of these everywhere. people were doing this tonight yeah but like it's happening everywhere. it's happening everywhere and it would happen in los angeles that would be yeah. where it would happen it, that okay that was so interesting honestly i feel like these types of movies are some of my favorite to hear about because I love hearing just about like the interpersonal relationships. I love not knowing really what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love that it's just like, you, like you're just dealing with people in a house, like, and trying to figure out like who's, m- what motivations are existing yeah. for everyone else. I mean, honestly, for most of it, it's just scary because it is the worst possible evening anyone could ever have. And that's before, mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. before anyone, anyone dies. dies. It's just like really uncomfortable, really sad, mm-hmm. weird. It's just like, it's the worst. It's the, it would be the worst night of your life, even if it didn't end with murder suicide like it is truly fascinating and it's all the more powerful after having watched the vow and same i really think it helped me to be like right that is Mm -hmm. how people get involved in something like this Mm -hmm. and the fact that they were gone for two years is also makes it more realistic because it like takes time like this kind of indoctrination Mm -hmm. like and you have to experience deep deep trauma to be 
open mm-hmm. to that perspective, right? Like these people mm-hmm. are fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. And they're looking, yeah, they're looking for a way out. They're, just they're looking, looking for just a way around. Honestly, it. I think the thing that makes the least sense in this movie is why Will stayed at this party. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, because of the other stuff, I I do understand. I think it's. I kept saying that's like a thing that Joel and I were saying as we watched the movie. He's like, "Why the fuck is this guy still there? That doesn't make any sense." I think there's a layer to him wanting to be in that house, even though it's really difficult. And you know, it would be really alarming for your ex-wife to be behaving that way. You would feel mm-hmm. some sort of need to like deal with it. See I think. it through, yeah, um, or find out what's going on. But man, oh man, yeah. That, I think that that makes sense. I mean, I think that if I was Kira, I would be like, can we leave? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, can we leave now? I don't and want so to be also, here. Also, do we think the assumption is, I mean, I'm sure, but Pruitt killed Claire. Probably. I, I, probably but yeah, they, they don't ever answer that either, which is kind of interesting. I would assume yeah. so, because it seems like the deal is that everyone who came to that party was there to die as part of their ritual. So like... Probably. And it's happening and it's happening all it's over happening every, the place. I wish – I want to try to find that one shot. It is so chilling because you – like Ooh. to think that they've just gone through all of this and they made it out and then to look out and be like, oh, no. It's happening the everywhere. scale of it. Oh. And all these just little oh, glowing red lanterns too. It's just like very freaky. Ooh. Oh, it's so creepy. It's so creepy. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't even know, like, what to say. That was fucking insane. That was crazy. I loved it. I honestly loved hearing about it. That was really interesting. I thought it would – after watching, I was like, this is a good one to talk about because it is – I mean, a cult is fascinating. The occult is fascinating and there's something about how, you know what I like about it? It's that once someone does die, it feels like it moves really quickly. So It's not like someone dies like a third of the way through the movie and then the rest of the movie is them just like trying to escape or something. Yeah, no, it it is like all that shit happens in like 10 minutes. It is so Mm -hmm. fast and nonstop and like absolute chaos. And it's so satisfying Mm -hmm. because – you know, he has that huge freak out beforehand about Choi and then it's nothing. So then when it becomes mm-hmm. something real, like the the moments of doubt at the beginning and then it just is like, bam, 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 bam. Like, ugh, it's so Super satisfying fast. when Sadie goes, you ruined it. And you're like, oh, shit. Like she knew she's it's, in on it. She's in on it. Knows. It fucking is happening. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so fucking intense at the end there which i also really like just like do it you know Mm -hmm. and uh, the fact that it takes place in the hollywood hills perfect recall to the mansons did you see you saw i'm sure you saw once upon a time in hollywood yes did you see that yeah and and the end how it's like a Uh reimagined yeah um is it weird that now i like that makes me miss the hollywood hills what does that mean about me that I'm like, ooh, I want to be in a house like that again? <laughs> you know, I get it. What's I really get it. I think Hollywood Hills are really great. Homesick for, <laughs> I think I'm feeling homesick for Los Angeles just in any way, shape, or Even form murder right Los now. Angeles? Even the murder version of Los yeah, Angeles. Man, I get it. I'd rather die here than live anywhere else. 
That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, Emily, as as we like to say, you fucking knocked it out. Of oh the park. my god, did I knock it out of the park? <laughs> you knocked it out of the goddamn park. Even having not seen it in like a week and a half, I knew you'd do this. You like recall it so perfectly and vividly. It's so amazing. It was a, it was so a joy to tell it to you, Henley. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that I got to hear about it. We did it. I I know I say this every time, but part of me wants to watch it. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. I think this one you, you totally can. It feels like I could. Yeah, it's like it's not really like horry till the end. Yeah, it's, it's just it's tense and you're always like waiting for something spooky to happen. But it's not mm-hmm. uh, like unmanageably so. Um, mm-hmm. It's great. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. Fuck yeah. Well, there weren't any spooky voices. There weren't any this spooky one. voices, no. Um, but I mean sometimes you just We can summon the, we can summon the spirit of the cult leader. We can summon that spirit. We can summon <laughs> it. So just just imagine that that's that we're cult leaders when we say goodbye. <laughs> mm-hmm. Perfect. I love it. Um so from all of us here at two screens didn't watch. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the show, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. You can also follow us on social media at TSUW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Become a patron at patreon.com slash TSUW Podcast. Who knows what next week's movie is going to be? It's a whole new year. Who can even say? But whatever it is, we just cannot wait to tell it to you. And we are so grateful for you getting us through another year. We love you. Happy New Year. Stay safe. And we will talk to you soon. We love you. Bye. Bye.